0: don Doobie dooby doo. Where are you? We got some work to do now. Hey there and doobie welcome. Doobie doobie doo. To Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks.
1: And I'm Scott Eisenberg.
0: And we're a married couple who like to shoot the shit about movies.
1: How frightening.
0: It is frightening because it is October and that means it's spooky time. Are these voices getting annoying yet? Okay, I'll stop. Uh, Maybe a little. (laughs) So this week, I'm so excited because we are watching a film that is so essential to my childhood and so essential to many people's current celebrations of Halloween. We're watching Hocus Pocus, you guys. I'm so happy. I haven't seen it in a while. I'm actually, I was very happy and very into this movie and, um... Scott has never seen it until tonight.
1: No, I, I have never seen Hocus Pocus. I, I kind of... The Disney Channel horror movies, per se, between Hocus Pocus and like Halloween Town. Uh, but I just didn't watch Disney. I watched Nick and I watched Cartoon Network.
0: Well, this isn't a Disney Channel original movie.
1: Oh, I thought it was.
0: no. This was a regular theatrical film, but I will agree with you that the Disney Channel lineup of Halloween films, because they have their, you know, 31 Days of October marathons, you know, all the Halloween extravaganza. And, um, I mean, it's Disney, so they're not going to have, like, The Shining or, you know... (laughs) Come on, let's expose them early. Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, on Disney? obviously not. Oh my um, God!
1: Imagine like if they animated like all the horror that movies. That would
0: be hilarious, actually, but also traumatizing for many, many children. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Hocus Pocus is played a lot. It's like their go-to, pretty much. Like whenever they have any space in the lineup, they throw in a Hocus Pocus. So that's cool. I mean, I I I love this movie. I can't lie, I really do. It's very 90s. It was released in 1993 and it shows very clearly very loud and proud, but it still works. I feel like the film is just fun and it's got a little heart to it as well. And it's it's cute and it's got some fun lines, some fun scenes. It's fun. It's just fun, you guys. Sit down with your kids. Watch Hocus Pocus on Halloween. You don't want them to get too scared. Put on Hocus Pocus,
1: or go full flight. Just go with go with uh, Nightmare. Let's no,
0: go. no, don't do that. Don't listen to Scott. You are not introducing our children to Nightmare on Elm Street like as little kids. That's not happening.
1: It's prime time, bitch. I said, bitch. I'm the man of the house.
0: Yes. You you say bitch though. Hmm. You called your wife a bitch. Oh uh, yeah. Absolutely not. So Scott, what did you think about Hocus Pocus? I'm very curious to hear your opinion.
1: It's a dumb fun movie. Yeah, it's 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 like I see like the charm of it. It's a kids movie. It's that's how they go, you know.
0: Yeah, I feel like this is a movie that if you grew up with it, you have that nostalgic heart string attachment but because you don't have that maybe it didn't hit you in that way I guess No,
1: like I like I get it there was some fun parts I get it. but for a kids movie holy shit they talk a lot about virginity
0: yeah and you know there's depictions of hanging and a lot of sexual innuendos we'll, oh, we'll, we'll get yeah. there SJP we'll get there guys but it's fine. I mean, listen, they had sexual innuendos in Disney movies that, you know...
1: Or just randomly show boobs during The Rescuers.
0: Well, they, you know, they cut that out later on. So, <laughs> just to give you guys some context about when this movie came out, it was released in July of 1993. I Scott just gave me a look, and I'm going to explain it. So... It, this is a Halloween movie, you you say, audience of ours. You say, why was it released in July if it's a Halloween movie? I'll tell you, audience. It was released in July. They said because they wanted to, quote unquote, take advantage of the kids being off from school for the summer. But the truth, I think anyway, is that um, they wanted to avoid the competition with Nightmare Before Christmas, which came out later that year around uh, Halloween time, so which they is funny, probably didn't want to deal with that.
1: Which is funny because as we watched this movie on Disney Plus, if you watch the end of the movie, they recommend the next movie you should watch, and the next movie they recommended us, which is still on our screen, is The Nightmare Before Christmas. True story.
0: <laughs> anyway, this movie was directed by Kenny Ortega who has directed quite a few things. Uh, He directed a lot of music videos, including The Pointer Sisters, I'm So Excited. excited. There's going to be a lot of fun musical interludes in this episode. Get ready for it. Um, He also directed Newsies.
1: He's the king of the world. What? Newsies, king of the world.
0: Um, the King, king of, of New w- York. Oh fuck! King of the World is Titanic, which you hate ever so much. So <laughs> I don't know why you're referencing that. Um, but also, Scott, I know you're excited. This is the guy who directed High School Musical One, Two, and Three.
1: Boy, I fucking recognize that. What goddamn a, what name. what a
0: what a gem! What a king! We appreciate you, Kenny Ortega.
1: <laughs> Kenny Ortega. I okay. I know you're not listening to this, but if you happen to find this. You have caused me so much distress because
0: Oh, he's going to cause you a lot more distress.
1: We're not doing that. No.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> no. I know. I sure. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, um there are three writing credits on this film. All of which have a particular set of skills, <laughs> and I will explain. So, the first writer we have is a Mr. David Kirshner, who was a writer on such films as American Tale and Pagemaster. Animated kids' movies, right? That's yeah. one. Then we have Mick Garris, who has written a lot of B-horrors, including Critters 2 okay. and The Fly 2. Lots of sequels mm-hmm. as well. Um, and the f- those two guys that I just mentioned are also producers on the film. So they really had their hands in the cookie jar on Hocus Pocus here. And then our third writer is a Mr. Neil Cuthbert who wrote Mystery Men and the classic Adventures with Pluto Nash. <laughs> so we have like the shitty cartoony writing. Yeah. <laughs> so we have different elements that all kind of compile into... This script and this film very well, I think.
1: <laughs> Mystery Man was a weird movie. All right, state your name and power. I am the waffler. With my griddle of justice, I bash the enemy in the head or I burn them like
0: so. Ooh, ah. do that. I also have uh, my truth syrup, which uh, is low fat. Now, of course, seeing as how this is. A cheesy Disney film. It wasn't really up for any Oscars. However, I did want to mention that it won a Saturn Award for Best Costumes. Okay. The costume designer was a Miss Mary Evat. I hope I'm saying that right. But she did the costumes for such films as Crazy Rich Asians, uh, Batman Returns, Men in Black. So she is like top tier very good and the costumes in this movie you have to admit are pretty fabulous
1: they're, they're, they're pretty good except for the two kids in the very beginning of the movie who look like they're from the brood
0: well they're from 1600 so they look what like what would you like them to look like dear
1: they look like they're part of the brood <laughs> i which don't even
0: know what that's a reference to. it's a
1: wrestling reference
0: oh well fuck why uh, do you have to do that you know i'm not gonna get that
1: i know you're not but there are fans here
0: Okay, sure. I'm sure a lot of them watch wrestling. There are a few... Anywho. At least
1: for the brood, they'd understand, but that's fine.
0: Anywho. Another fun fact before we get into the nitty-gritty. This film is the first Disney production to use digital visual effects, which also is pretty clear by the the quality of those effects.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: But still... It's, it's a nice little nugget of Disney history. Yeah, I'm a Disney nerd. I appreciate the Disney history.
1: Was this up for any blimps? Nickelodeon blimps?
0: Yeah, I would guess... Um, I think the Kids' Choice Awards wore around at this time, but I doubt that it charted even in the awards because I don't think this movie made a lot of money. Probably because it was a Halloween movie released in July. <laughs> what,
1: you've never heard of Halloween in July? Shh.
0: <laughs> like no kid is gonna be like let's go see the witch movie and then we'll go to the beach like no <laughs> but I will say though watching this movie it definitely gets you in the Halloween spirit it definitely like sets the tone very well yeah uh,
1: it definitely does
0: okay so I think we can get into the nitty gritty now
1: okay let's get into the nitty and uh, gritty just, just,
0: you don't have to say your rating yet because okay. we'll save that for the end but is it going to be above or below a 3 um you can say no comment if you're if the jury is out
1: the jury is out
0: okay great i have a, yet another movie i can talk you up perfect <laughs> okay so our movie opens halloween night 1693 in salem massachusetts fun fact This movie, while some of it was filmed in L.A. because, you know, Hollywood, uh, a lot of it was actually filmed in Salem, Massachusetts. So that's kind of cool. So we open on our young Thackeray Biggs, a young lad, I would say of about 13. And um, he wakes up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night. And he looks over to an empty bed beside him where his young sister Emily would normally sleep. And he discovers that Emily has been spirited away by the Sanderson sisters, the evil witches in town. Oh, I thought it was Black Phillip. Wouldst thou like to live deliciously? How about new?
1: Oh, wait, sorry. Wrong movie. Wrong movie.
0: (laughs) No, that is the witch. So Emily is being hoodwinked away, lured to the Sanderson's cottage, and... Thackeray Banks goes and chases after her. Now, the role of Thackeray Banks is very interesting right off the bat. The child that plays Banks in the beginning of the film, his name is Sean Murray, and he's done other things other than this movie, mostly television, but that is not his voice. Oh he is voiced by a Mr. Jason Marsden. He is a prominent voice actor who's had many prominent roles, including Max in a Goofy movie, Ah. Kovu in Lion King 2, and Teen Clark in the Superman animated series. But they had this Sean Murray gentleman act as the human version of Thackeray Banks. And then they dubbed over his voice with Jason Morrison's voice. I don't know why they did that. I don't I don't know. I think Jason Morrison was probably like a little too old to actually play the character, but they wanted his voice. So they just kind of worked it out. I don't know. It seems like an overly complicated solution, but hey, it worked out fine. I actually, as a child growing up watching this movie, had a little crush on Thackeray Banks. <laughs> Don't judge me, okay? <laughs> I liked Thackeray Banks. There's a reason why if I ever did get a cat, mind you, I am a dog person, hence my little Leia, who's laying on the bed with me right now. But if I ever were to get a cat, I would A, only want to get a black cat, and B, I would only want to name it Banks.
1: <laughs> Except cats are notorious for knocking everything off shelves.
0: yes well we have a lot of knickknacks around the house so that probably wouldn't work out too good no anyway so binks goes and, and chases after his sister he makes it to the sanderson's cabin and we officially meet the sanderson sisters the witches the hocus pocusers we have winifred who is played by Bette midler it was obviously a legend. She's been in a million movies. She's done Broadway. But in the vein of Disney, she played Georgette in Oliver and Company. And do you have any idea whose home this is? I thought it was Jenny's. Well, it may be Jenny's house, but everything from the doorknobs down is mine! And then we have Sarah who is a ditzy blonde played by sarah jessica parker this was and she was
1: going after big right what she was going after mr big right
0: oh well funny you mentioned Mm -hmm. that this was a whole five years before sex in the city even started so that's
1: all i know about sex in the city uh.
0: yeah she was i think in her 30s and bet midler and the other sister i think were in their 40s so she was the youngest but then we have the final sister mary played by Kathy Najimy. She's done a handful of gigs. She is one of the nuns in the Sister Act movie. Oh, she's the the heavyset nun. Yes. Oh, okay. I do
1: recognize her. And she
0: also voices Peggy Hill on King of the Hill. And they, they have good chemistry together, these three. Yeah. They're really funny together. They're cutesy. They're silly. They, you know, they're over the top, but you're supposed to be. It's a kid's movie and your villain's like, no duh, you're supposed to be over the top. So, the witches are casting a spell on Emily and they give her this potion to try to absorb her youth. We get introduced to the witch's sentient spell book, which is made of human skin and has a creepy little eyeball that blinks a lot and is creepy and spooky.
1: Someone called Bruce Campbell. <laughs>
0: And then Binks barges in to try and save Emily, but they basically knock him out. And they end up sucking Emily's life force and killing her. Which, I mean, five minutes into this children's movie and we already have child murder. So (laughs) we're off to a banging start.
1: Yeah, that's how it goes.
0: And also, while they're at it, the witches decide to punish Thackeray for his sins against the witches, so they turn him into an immortal black cat, so he can live forever trapped in this cat's body, living with his guilt for not being able to save his sister forever. Dark. Yes, it, it is very dark. Soon after that, the townspeople barge in, and they end up hanging the three witches again, really just wholesome entertainment for the kids. A family picture. (laughs) But, um, right before they are hanged, the witches cast a spell that will resurrect them on a full moon during All Hallows' Eve when a virgin lights the black flame candle. What's the black flame candle? We'll get there, but it's basically just a creepy candle that's in the cottage. Also,
1: Winf- Winifred, during her beating up of Thackeray, which is so dumb.
0: Thackeray Bings! <laughs> uh,
1: she shoots Force Lightning, basically.
0: Yes, that's part of her powers, her witchly powers, I suppose. She- Perhaps she's related to the Emperor. Ah. Perhaps she's a clone of the Emperor. Perhaps Star Wars and Hocus Pocus take place in the same universe. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> Anyway, so the witches are hanged. Then we cut to the 90s.
1: <laughs> Where everything is radical. Oh, yes,
0: indeed. It is clear by the attire everyone is wearing and just the general ambiance.
1: <laughs> okay, so this is te- so this was all apparently the story told by this liter- literature teacher.
0: Yes, in... Uh, Salem, Massachusetts High School in 1993. <laughs> and, and this lit teacher is wearing a witch's costume because it's Halloween. Yay. And, and she
1: shoots a streamer into a kid's face. She assaulted a child.
0: I don't. I think you're being a little She the assaulted
1: top. a child.
0: Uh, okay. Whatever you say. You're going to be one of those parents, aren't you? <laughs> anyway, we're here at this Salem High School and we meet Max. He's played by Omri Katz. Who I, I he, wait wait,
1: wait. <laughs>
0: Omri Katz. Omri his his first name is O M R I cats cats that's that's made up I don't know that's, I mean that's
1: made up I don't care if
0: you're gonna make up a stage name that's which you really make it up and make your first name Omri uh, th- th- it's,
1: it's made up that's gotta th- be like there's no way that's real
0: I don't I, okay maybe I don't know because I don't know him from anything other than this so oh, who who could say you. but he's uh, Not really into Halloween. He's kind of a skeptic. He's not really into the whole spooky story thing.
1: Yeah, because he's a L.A. cool man. Yeah,
0: he's a cool kid, you know. From L.A. Yeah, Hollywood, you know. So while he's talking about how Halloween is just a a holiday made up by the candy companies to get your money, man. Yeah, those damn Hershey bars. (laughs) We get uh, an interjection by another student Named Allison, played by Vanessa Shaw, not Vanessa Shaw, Vanessa Shaw. Vanessa. Vinessa. Vanessa.
1: So like Vin Diesel. Yeah,
0: Vanessa. I don't know. Some parents are weird.
1: Uh, did you know Vin Diesel came out with a song?
0: No. Why? <laughs> Why would he do that?
1: I don't know. He just. Is this recent? Yes. Like,
0: Quarantine is really fucking with people's minds, I guess. Like last week. Oh. Fun. Do I wanna put in the clip?
1: Yeah, might as well. I brought it up.
0: Oh no. I guess I'm putting in the clip. Every word it just makes my turn, I don't know. But the I Wasn't that fun? Okay. So we meet Allison. And she's she's super into Halloween. She's like, you know, giving Max the business. She's like, Halloween is based on All Hallows Eve and it's all about communing with the dead. Ooh, and the whole class just applauds because they're really into Halloween in Salem, I guess.
1: And Max shoots his shot.
0: Oh yeah. He just gets up in the middle of class. And gives Allison a piece of paper with his number on it. And it's like, okay, sweetie. <laughs> Shoot your shot, my friend. But, I mean, she ends up later on in the next scene just giving it back to him. <laughs> so, mwah, mwah. After school, Max is accosted by these Bill and Ted-like bullies named Jay and Ice.
1: Oh, I totally thought jay was totally like jay in silent bob
0: well it was funny because when the scene started the guy named ice he wasn't really talking and the guy named jay he had like long blonde hair like jay muse so that's what scott was referring to and i'm like oh yeah that's kind of funny but i they seem more to me like uh bill and ted because they have that like surfer dude kind of talk which is weird because they make fun of Max for being from LA And keep calling him Hollywood and shit But meanwhile you're talking like fucking Surfer dudes like I don't know I don't get it but yeah, Come on snoochie boochie Yeah whatever they're just like typical High school movie bullies
1: Well, But it's even worse because ju- They j- basically jump Max In a graveyard
0: Yeah he like Max cuts through the cemetery to get home And they're just chilling in the graveyard Because they're like beatniks I guess And they end up stealing Max's shoes <laughs> So we get home And we meet Max's parents and we meet his little sister, Danny. And Max is like not happy. He hates it in Salem. He wants to go back to L.A. to all his friends. You know, that's also kind of a typical trope, I feel like, for teen movies. We're like, I'm the new kid in town. I hate this place. I want to go back to my friends. Whatever. But we meet Danny, played by Thora Birch who has been in a lot of things. She nope. was in American Beauty, Ghost World, which I have to show you. Ghost World is a good fucking movie. And uh, she more recently had a little bit part in The Walking Dead. Although, this was after I stopped watching The Walking Dead, so I didn't actually watch her in it. But I know she was in it for like a, a little span. Yeah, and
1: Danny's weird.
0: Danny is a little weird. She's like eight eight-year-old kid and... She's definitely written by grown ass men, so yeah, it's a little awkward some of her stuff that yeah, she cause says. Because she she, <laughs> she,
1: she, cause she, uh, she hides in uh, Max's closet and like scares him a- after he's like kind of humping the pillow pretending it's Allison.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was funny. He just like grabs his pillow in his room and it's just like, oh Allison oh Allison it's really creepy but then Danny bursts out of the closet and scares Max and then she like jumps on the bed and starts pretending to be Allison like I'm Allison Allison kiss me I'm Allison it's
1: so weird like I I, I, I don't mean to like Bone,
0: but this is weird it's not really her fault though it's meant to be like you know she's like a statnose kid but it comes off a little creepy as an adult watching it like as a kid it didn't even register to me that that's like weird but like watching it it's weird because she's like thrashing a little bit on the bed and it's like oh you're a child stop it uh, but
1: you're also like pretending to be allison yeah and your bro- it's, it's it's a weird it's
0: it's a little weird but um Danny wants Max to take her trick-or-treating and he doesn't want to go because I'm an angsty teen and I don't want to go. I'm too cool to go trick-or-treating. But uh, eventually Danny pitches a fit and they cut to the next scene and they're going trick-or-treating. They basically take this time, this trick-or-treating time to establish the relationship between Max and Danny it's in a lot of ways a typical big brother little sister relationship uh she's you know she's annoying he's too cool for school you know he's he's dragging his little sister around you know he's got to take care of his little sister blah 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 But then they're bickering back and forth and she gets upset and starts to cry and he feels really bad and like goes over to her and comforts her and they have a cute moment where they make up and they joke around with each other. So they they're establishing this like cute relationship between brother and sister, which I think is a lot of the heart of this film. Scott, oh. do you concur with uh, that uh, statement or they, no?
1: Yeah, no, they, they they have a cute relationship. It's it's definitely not bad. During this <laughs> trick-or-treating scene, they basically get held up.
0: Oh, yeah, by the bullies. By Jay J- and Ice. Jay and Ice.
1: And uh, they get held up for candy.
0: Oh, yeah, there's one point where the, the one of the bullies says to Danny, an eight-year-old female child... Oh, if you don't give us your candy, we're going to hang you off the flagpole. And it's like, okay, do you feel all tough and like cool for picking on and threatening an 8-year-old little girl, you fucking psychos?
1: <laughs> well, it's even funny cuz Max is standing up to them. He's in Jay's face, and Danny keeps interjecting like, "Danny, shut up. <laughs> Just shut up. You're going to get this guy in more trouble than
0: you want." So after that, they end up going to this big mansion y type house. And it just happens to be owned by the parents of Allison. <gasps> and what a coincidence. Isn't it though? And Danny is so excited by this because she's just like, oh yes, I'm going to embarrass Max. <laughs> You're Allison, are you? <laughs> Danny proceeds to tell Allison that Max really likes her yabos. Okay. <laughs> It <laughs> was so weird. I've never heard boobs referred to as yabos before this movie and never again after. So I think this was just a term made up for the film. I don't know. It's weird. It's
1: it's probably one of those terms that some, they were like, "Yo, we need a term for boobs, but we want it to be weird enough, but maybe it'll stick and if maybe DJ it'll Det- catch
0: on with the kids, you like know."
1: TJ Detweiler
0: used to say WOMPS, man. I don't remember that at all. What, Womps? You don't remember wamps? No. This Womps. But during their conversation, Allison mentions that her family owns the Sanderson Cottage, which had been turned into a museum for a time, but then got shut down because some spooky stuff was happening there. So Max, you know, thinking he's going to, like, impress her and, like, you know, get her to hang out with him, He's like, oh, well, why don't we go down there and check it out? Make a believer out of me. Make me believe in the witches and the spooky shit. So she's like, oh, okay, this party's boring anyway. Let me go change. So she cha- She goes upstairs and changes, and they fucking haul ass out of there and go to the Sanderson house.
1: And Danny's like, um, uh, no, I, I don't want to go. Um, and Max is
0: like, please, I want to get some pussy.
1: know, <laughs> I, I, no, I want to get some yabos. <laughs>
0: So they all go to the cottage and, you know, it's real spooky, cobwebs everywhere, spooky things, spooky music. They're screwing around in the cottage and eventually Max decides he's going to light the black flame candle, which is a candle that's standing up in the corner of the cottage and there's a little plaque underneath it because it used to be a museum. Oh, this is the black flame candle. It said that if it's lit on a full moon by a virgin on All Hallows' Eve, it'll wake the dead Sanderson sisters. So, Max is like, "Oh, well, let's do it." And the girls are like, "No, no, this is stupid. Let's just go. This is like getting weird. Like, let's just go." And Max says the thing. He goes, "Oh, come on. It's just a bunch of hocus pocus." <laughs> He said it, he said it Roll credits (laughs) Ah. And then he's attacked by Binks Yes, right before he goes to light it Binks jumps on him And like tries to stop him And knocks him down Like he really, you know Does a number on him for a second there And runs away But then he still just fucking goes back Even though the girls still are like Come on Max, let's just go He takes the lighter Lights the fucking candle and then shit gets fucking real, guys.
1: Yeah. So the Sanderson's burst open the door and there they are in all their... Glory.
0: <laughs> um, The kids are hiding at first. But Mary, she has the ability to sniff out children. So they find Danny and... They're scaring the shit out of her. And they're like, we're going to suck your soul. But Max bursts out and tries to save her. But Winifred zaps him with force lightning and kind of knocks him for a loop. Meanwhile, Allison sneaks up behind Mary and knocks her out. And then Danny runs and tries to save Max. The girls run out. Max runs out behind them. But before he can escape, he is attacked again by Binks. He scratches and paws at his face. No,
1: Binks slaps the shit out of him.
0: (laughs) He's like, get the book. So he's talking now. Max is like, oh, my God, you can talk. Yeah, no kidding. Get the fucking book and let's go. So Max comes up with a plan. He climbs up on top of like a table or something. Because there are fire alarm sprinklers.
1: Because it was a museum. Right,
0: up top on the ceiling. So he climbs onto this table and he's like, witches, I am a sorcerer and I'm going to bring down the rain of death upon you or something like that. And he pulls his lighter out, holds it up to the sprinkler, and the sprinklers go off. So the sisters get scared because they think it's like poisonous rain of fire type shit. So they run off and hide. So Max can jump down, grab the spell book out of its like little casing that it's in and run out with Banks. So the kids escape. Binks leads them into the cemetery. because They're like, this is hallowed ground and the witches can't touch you here. OK, so <laughs> meanwhile, with the witches, eventually they figure out that it's just water and there's it's not going to hurt them. So we proceed to get a whole bunch of fish-out-of-water humor because they've been dead for 300 years. So, like, firemen come because the fire alarms go off and they think that they're witch hunters and they think that the road, the blacktop road, is like a black river or something. They're, they're slowly but surely getting used to 20th century. During all this fish-out-of-water bullshit, the witches give us some exposition about this curse that has brought them back to life they say that the black flame candle is only going to be able to resurrect them for this one halloween night and if they aren't able to suck enough life force from the children to keep them alive they will turn to dust by sunrise poof so their plan is to get all the kids together and suck all their souls out but the problem is they don't have the book now which has the potion in it that makes all that possible so first things first they got to find the book so the witches eventually find the kids in the cemetery they're flying over the cemetery on their broomsticks and then you see Winifred going to this particular tombstone in the cemetery the tombstone of Billy Butcherson who was Winifred's former lover who cheated on her with Sarah who was a little slut throughout this whole fucking movie <laughs> and because of that Winifred sewed his mouth shut and I think chopped off his head to kill him
1: so yeah I think that's it
0: so she awakens the zombie of Billy Butcherson played by a heavily up Doug Jones
1: Oh, I know Doug Jones
0: yes he's done a lot of crazy roles lots of makeup heavy physical roles he was Abe in Hellboy he was the silver surfer in Fantastic Four and he was more recently the amphibian man in shape of water
1: yeah who was basically like Abe sapien in
0: <laughs> Hellboy um so yeah he was he was fun in this movie I liked Billy. <laughs> He has this
1: one real moment.
0: Winifred enlists Billy to chase after the kids, and that he does. He essentially chases them through this crypt and into the sewers. And... (laughs) Winifred there's some good lines in this movie uh Winifred goes to Billy and she's like you find the kids you get the book and you bring it back to us you better do it soon because we need to do it before sunrise and then she just randomly goes damn damn double damn (laughs) it's so it's so
1: weird and Billy every time she like gives Billy an order he just goes Ugh, hands.
0: yeah he's like over her bullshit because his mouth is still sewn shut so he can't talk also i did want to mention there's a good line too with winifred earlier in the movie that is memed quite a bit <laughs> when she's first introduced she opens the windows to the cottage and she just says out to the to the world oh look another glorious morning makes me sick I mean, me, girl, me. Um, But anyway, the kids end up losing Billy in the sewers and they eventually get back up to the street and they try to find help. Meanwhile, the witches are, you know, stalking around trying to like find out where all the kitties are and a bus pulls up in front of them. Which they're like freaked out by at first, but they meet this little flirty, creepy bus driver. Who
1: clearly wants to have sex with all three of them.
0: He's like, why don't you ladies come on the bus? You know, I can take you wherever you desire to go. And the, the girls go, we desire children. And the bus driver goes, well, it might take me a few times, but hey, I'll give it a shot.
1: Oh, boy.
0: So the uh, the witches get on the bus.
1: And the bus driver lets SJP sit in his lap.
0: Oh, yeah, while he's driving the bus. That's nice and creepy. And uh, while they're driving along, the kids have come onto the street now. So they're running around, and Binks is running ahead of them. He runs into the street and happens to get run over by this fucking bus. <laughs> oh. And they show, in the movie, they show a flattened fucking cat in the middle of the road and the kids are like freaked out and like I would imagine kids watching this depending what age you are might be a little freaked out seeing a flattened ass cat in the middle of the road but he eventually wakes up unflattens and comes back to life good as new and he just looks at the kids he's like what I told you I can't die (laughs) and he's like oh yeah you did mention that you were immortal yeah yeah, we shouldn't have got so upset
1: yeah he even he even mentions at one point he goes like i hate when that happens so clearly this has happened before
0: (laughs) yeah the interesting thing about the cat in this movie that's used scott mentioned multiple times when the cat was on screen he referenced sabrina the teenage witch yes
1: i did salem
0: so i have an interesting fun fact you ready for this yes the animatronic cat that was used for Binks would later be used for Sabrina the Teenage Witch TV show. Sam, what are you doing? Nothing. You're in a chat room again pretending to be a woman, aren't you?
1: I like the attention.
0: But yeah, they did a lot of CGI trickery too with Binks the cat. For certain shots, they would film an actual cat and then just replace the head with the CGI model. Ah. And I mean, obviously, if you're watching it, like it's not, A real cat. I mean, like,
1: the the body... You're telling me a cat can't talk,
0: dear? Well, no, I didn't mean that, (laughs) silly. I mean, at certain points, like, when the cat is moving, you can tell it's a real cat. But for the animatronic shots and CGI, like, you can tell it's not real, obviously. But it still looks good. Yeah, it it
1: didn't look bad. It It holds up.
0: So after the witches run over Banks unknowingly, the bus stops on a nearby block because they see a bunch of kids out trick-or-treating so they want to get out and they're confused by all these kids running around dressed in like costumes they're like what is going on here but lo and behold They look over and they see an old man dressed like the devil. And when they see this old man dressed like the devil, they immediately are like, master! And they run to him. And um, fun fact, he's played by Gary Marshall. And they go into his house and Gary Marshall is dressed like the devil. And um, we also meet the devil guy's wife who the witches think is Medusa because she's got a bunch of curlers in her hair and she's played by Penny Marshall. Ah, <laughs> So they have a, a funny little scene. They think that he's really the devil and he's very Twitter padded with them. And it, there's one point where he's starting to dance with Sarah Jessica Parker because she just loves boys like all of sarah jessica parker's lines in this she's like the typical ditzy blonde character and she's like obsessed with boys and she says ditzy things Uh, every
1: every time like a boy shows up she's like boy
0: boys (laughs) so after that little shtick the sisters kind of realize that like oh halloween is a frolicky holiday now that's weird sisters All Hallow's Eve has become a night of frolic where children wear costumes and run amok. amok. Amok! 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 So they go back to trying to track down the kids and they track them down to the town hall because a bunch of the adults in town, a bunch of the parents, are going to a Halloween party in town hall. So the kids go to this party... And they track down their parents, who are dressed like Dracula and Madonna, respectively. Spiral titties and all. And <laughs> they try to convince them, that, like, what the fuck is going on? And they're like, oh, honey, you've had too much candy. Which, I mean, is fair, because this whole story is fucking crazy.
1: And then we get to scene everybody knows.
0: Yes. I told Scott, I'm like, you need to just soak up what is about to happen and let it wash over you because it's it's gonna be real <laughs> so the sisters show up at this party and max goes up on stage because there's a band playing on stage and scott got a kick out of the band by the way yeah because the lead singer kept me he kept like, vocalizing like yield things in the song oh my god my ears are bleeding okay <laughs> let's move on so max grabs the mic and he's like ladies and gentlemen your children are in danger the sanderson sisters have been resurrected they're right there and the spotlight hits the sanderson sisters and winifred just kind of owns the moment as bet midler would do and she's like oh max thank you for that marvelous introduction she breaks into song (laughs) I put a spell on you Oh, it's so good I put a spell on you And now you're gone My planet fell on you And it was strong So strong, so
1: strong, so strong Because you
0: it makes no sense how they could just magically form this all-out musical number because they're from the 1600s. Like they don't understand the musical nuances of our time. But I mean, granted, they make a lot of references that they have would have no way of knowing because they live in the 1600s throughout this whole movie. So it's it's fine. I can let that go, mostly because this number is so fun. <laughs> It's so fun. Fucking Mary and Sarah are doing like backup vocals. And Bette Midler is just strutting her fucking stuff. And the kids are freaking out. They're trying to stop the adults from listening to them because they don't want the adults to get under the witch's spell, you know. But too late. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So the song ends and then Winifred casts a spell saying dance dance until you die and all the adults in the party start just crazy dancing the kids just managed to escape
1: yeah by the way while this is going on i look at frankie and i go they have a time limit here
0: yes (laughs) (laughs) but you know you gotta live your life scott you gotta stop and enjoy the music once in a while okay
1: (laughs) oh yeah just randomly just break into the song
0: so the kids escape and they go into this alleyway behind this restaurant, and Max has a moment. Omri Katz, he has his little moment where he like it gets really angry and frustrated, and like kicks the garbage cans. He's like, "Oh God, this is really bad." <laughs> it's just that just made me laugh because it, it was just so cheesy and dumb.
1: It was so bad. <laughs> it was
0: so OT. But anyway, Allison. Bumps into this, like, rusted old oven in the alleyway. And she's like, hmm, I got an idea. So the kids decide they're going to lure the witches to the high school. And they're going to trap the witches inside the kiln that's in the basement.
1: Which, okay. There is no way, even in the 90s, that there is a kiln that big... In a school.
0: Yeah, it's like a huge room.
1: It's like a sauna.
0: Yeah, essentially. But it does work because the kids go to the school. The witches show up soon after. They have a funny line where they say, uh, Oh, this place reeks of children. It's a prison for children. (laughs) Which, I mean... They're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So um, they lure the witches into the kiln. And they turn it on. And the witches burn and the kids are super excited. They're celebrating. They think that they have won. They have destroyed the Sanderson sisters. Mm-hmm. So they are running through the streets, giggling and laughing. And this is where we get a, a nice moment between Binks and Max. Max says, we did it, Binks. We got him. Binks is like I've been waiting to do that for 300 years I just wish I could have saved my sister and they kind of connect on the fact that they're both big brothers that feel obligated to look after their little sisters and Thackeray Binks says to Max take
1: good care of Danny Max you'll never know how precious she is
0: until you lose her but it's it was a nice moment and again it's kind of establishing the real heart of the film because yes this movie is super goofy but also there is a heart to it you care about the characters and you want them to win especially if you're watching this as a kid this is similar to a lot of movies like this a kid's movie where kids are basically the heroes you want the heroes to win and you care about them
1: yes but that's they are- important uh Banks is also, he's like, oh, okay, my job's done. I'm going to go, peace. And they're like, no, Banks, you're going to come live with us.
0: Oh, yeah. And it, it was funny because Danny says to Banks, like, I'm going to feed you milk and tuna every day. And he's like, you're going to turn me into one of those fat house cats, aren't you? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> but you're so cute. <laughs> Such a cute little 300-year-old kitty. Uh, <laughs> that
1: will outlive us all.
0: So... They all go back to Max and Danny's house and they kind of just chill, they go to sleep. Allison and Max cozy up together under the blankets and it's like, oh, now they like each other because they face certain death. (laughs) And as far as they know, all is well. And I think now is a good time, now that we've got this clearly false happy ending (laughs) to comfort us. I feel like now is a good time uh, to have one of our favorite segments The Cast Coulda been.
1: I put, I put a, a spell, spell on, you. on you. Cause you're, you're mine. On mine
0: Okay so we have quite a few Cast Coulda beens here that are interesting Let's start out with Max Apparently, a Mr. Leo DiCaprio was offered the role.
1: Early 90s.
0: Yes, but he turned it down to do Gilbert Grape, which earned him an Oscar nomination for that role, so I'd say it worked out for the best.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we could have had a flip. We could have Omri Katz get a nomination for What's Eating Gilbert Grape. (laughs) Oh, dear.
0: Omri Katz is the new Leo DiCaprio?
1: (gasps) He has to fight until he gets the Revenant? We don't know who Leo... DiCaprio is suddenly Omri Katz is the biggest name in the
0: fucking world oh my god I'm just picturing like an alternate universe where like Omri Katz sells his soul to the devil and he's like I want to be a star I only had one movie and then I disappeared I want to change all that I want to be Leo DiCaprio
1: he's got to go down to the crossroads
0: oh jeez. so now we have the sisters firstly we have Winifred yes who was played by Bette Midler, who I think did a great job. Yeah. I think all three of them did a good job. But Bette Midler as the leader, the head honcho, the queen bitch, I think she killed it. But originally the producers wanted Cloris Leachman for the role.
1: That made sense.
0: Yes, because she's obviously incredibly funny. and In a lot of Mel Brooks movies, she plays like the over-the-top ugly and I, I don't mean to call her ugly they make her ugly yes with makeup and whatnot over-the-top ugly villainy character Boom usually Hilda. yes oh, nay. <laughs> <laughs> as far as sarah the ditzy blonde slutty character we had a lot of actresses who auditioned for the role most namely though a miss jennifer lopez auditioned for the role okay I feel like it would have been weird. This would have been around the time she was like Selena, which I don't know. It might have been weird.
1: This was before Jenny on the Block.
0: Yeah, yes. Yes. Selena is also another movie I have to show you. <laughs> lastly, we have Mary Sanderson and we had a Miss Rosie O'Donnell offered the role. Okay. <laughs> but she turned it down. Because, quote, she didn't want to play a scary witch. But what I find odd about that, literally six years later, she played a gorilla in Tarzan. The fun (laughs) has arrived! Thank you very much. So clearly she didn't have a problem with that.
1: (laughs) Well, that's voice acting, that's different.
0: But it's a gorilla. Well, that's- and it's if you have seen Tarzan and you look at that gorilla that she plays, it's basically Rosie O'Donnell's face in a gorilla. Like it's a it's Rosie O'Donnell gorilla. Uh, it's fine. Like she might as well have just fucking put on a gorilla suit and run around playing a little gorilla.
1: There's nothing wrong with putting on the gorilla suit and running around. I had a friend almost get arrested for that in college.
0: I'm sure you did, you crazy kids partying. Hi, Mark. (laughs) I went to a commuter school, so I didn't have those fun, wild, crazy times. So, yeah, overall, some interesting alternatives, but the casting in this movie was solid. Everybody has great chemistry. Everybody's just having fun. It it, it works.
1: Yeah, it definitely does work, you know.
0: It's magic. And they are doing... I think there's chatter. I think it's confirmed chatter that they're doing a remake slash reboot of Hocus Pocus with the original cast, or at least the the sisters. So I'm like down for it. <laughs> like what, not you, gonna lie. You're telling
1: me they couldn't get Omri Katz. I'm I'm against this I movie mean, already. I don't
0: know if they want him.
1: <laughs> I, I'm against this movie already. You can't get me Omri Katz. I'm done. This is over. We're done. You just
0: like saying Omri Katz, (laughs) don't you? Okay. Well, Omri Katz was lucky that Leo DiCaprio turned it down because he got the role and just the little morsel of fame, the little whisker of fame that he got. (laughs) See, I brought the whisker back. God
1: damn the whisker.
0: (laughs) So that was cast could have been. I put a spell on you. So, now that we've had this nice little false sense of security wash over us, the Sanderson sisters have emerged from the kiln.
1: Oh, okay. This is one of the things, because this was hysterical. So When they first get lured into the kiln and lit on fire, they turn into this, like, green puff of smoke that was clearly digitally, like, rendered. Oh, yes. And it looks...
0: Awful. It yeah, it doesn't look it doesn't look terrible. No, it
1: looks bad.
0: It's not that bad. It looked bad. There's worse, I think, in this than that. CGI wise, well, it, it
1: it looks bad, especially when they try and like rewind it back.
0: Yeah, well, when they come back to life, the smoke kind of rewinds back. That looks a little wonky, but
1: it looked bad.
0: They emerge from the kiln and they go back into the town looking for the kids and looking for their book. They run into the quintessential teen bullies, Jay and Ice, and they give them some lip so the sisters decide they're going to kidnap them and put them in cages in the cottage. (laughs) Sounds good. Sounds like fun. So they are back at the cottage and... They're trying to remember the recipe for the potion just by memory. And they're having trouble. And they're just, they're feeling pretty defeated at this point. The night's, you know, nearing the end. And they pretty much are accepting the fact that it's over at this point. Meanwhile, Max and Allison wake up in each other's arms all cute and all twitter padded. Oh,
1: yo, Max
0: ill <laughs> um and Allison is like oh shit it's 5 a.m. my parents are going to kill me ah and they end up talking a little bit and they're looking over at Binks and Danny and they're like I wish we could find a way to help Binks you know at least turn back into a human so they decide the geniuses that they are that they're going to open the spell book and try to find a spell to help Binks
1: and it basically lights the sky up. Yeah,
0: it opens up and a big beam of light shoots out from the book unbeknownst to them and basically signals the sisters like, hey, here here I am, come and get me. The sisters back at the cottage, they're feeling dejected and sad and they manage to peer out the window and they notice that the book is lighting their way. But the problem is they don't have their brooms because some snot-nosed kids earlier on stole the brooms. So they go into the janitor's closet because this place used to be a museum and they find, like, a broom, a mop, and a vacuum cleaner. So fly away! Fly, my pretties, fly! And they, they go off to get their book. And while they're on the way, Max and Allison are still, like, just peering through the book... Until Binks jumps on it and closes it. I'm just trying to help you. Well, don't. Nothing good can come from this book. You got it? T- he, like, snaps at them and is like, what the fuck are you doing?
1: What did I tell you, son of a bitch? Get over here so I can slap you again. Yeah,
0: <laughs> let me slap you with my <laughs> CGI cat hand.
1: <laughs> I'm going to slap the shit out of you. I'm going to give you four paws.
0: Oh, my God. So, um, unfortunately, he doesn't close the book in time to stop the sisters from coming, but it takes a little while for them still to get there. So Max is going to walk Allison home. They, you know, go downstairs and they read something in the book about a salt circle being able to ward off witches. Yes. Which is like a real thing. Salt is like a purifying element and it's they use it a lot of supernatural to, you know, fight the ghosties. So,
1: yeah, so it's a real thing.
0: Allison and Max go down to the kitchen, get a thing of salt, and they're about to go walk home. They're flirting a little bit. They have an almost kiss when they hear <gasps> a noise upstairs. There arose such a clatter. We must go up and see what is the matter. So they run upstairs, and they find the sisters, and they have the book, they have the Danny, and they have the bigs. <gasps> and they fucking... Th- thrash max across the goddamn room knock him out allison has the thing of salt in her hands quickly throws a circle of salt around herself and the witches can't touch her so they just leave but before they leave they mention that the candle's power is almost spent we must go make haste and they leave so
1: (laughs) so they explode through the roof
0: yes they yeah, they destroy this kid's house which leaves a lot of questions for when this movie is over like what the fuck are these parents going to say? But that doesn't really matter right this second. So you're grounded <laughs> for what, a- for breaking the roof? How did you do that anyway? Uh
1: <laughs> What what do you think gets you grounded more for breaking your own roof or for hacking into a government facility?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, breaking your own roof isn't an illegal act.
1: I guess.
0: It's just very rambunctious and destructive. But, I mean, it's not necessarily illegal. <laughs> if it's your own roof, anyway. Um, so, the witches have everything they need at this point. Sarah then uses her powers, which is essentially just being able to sing in a little, little soft, raspy, siren-y voice, luring the children to the cottage. Yes. Max and Allison try to get the kids' attention as they're like slowly like zombie walking through the streets. And Allison grabs Max and she's like, I figured it out. They said that the the candle's power is almost spent. That means that after the candle is burned out, they disappear. So we we just have to get the sun to come up. (laughs) And he's like, well, how the fuck do we do that? (laughs) So they come up with another little plan.
1: Yes, and they steal the parents' car. Yes, uh, and they
0: drive down ever so slowly, really, because they're stuck with all these kids in the road, they, but they drive to the cottage, and at the cottage, the sisters have brewed their little potion, they have Danny tied to a chair, Binks is in a little sack, tied and hanging over a fireplace, yep. poor kitty, and um, they are about to feed Danny this potion,
1: When Max busts in.
0: Max busts in to save his sister. And he says, I know something you don't know. And they're like, what is that? Daylight savings time. And the sisters are like, what the fuck is that? And then all of a sudden, a light shines through the cottage. And the sisters, thinking it's sunlight, immediately like pretend like, oh, woe is me. I'm melting. Like very Wicked Witch of the West. They're going crazy and Max grabs Binks and Danny.
1: But they spill over the cauldron.
0: Pouring out most of the potion and they escape. And you go outside and you see the car with its headlights on pointed towards the cabin making them think that it's sunlight. Which is clever, but in reality it wouldn't really make any sense because if the witches just saw light yeah. They would be like, oh, okay, we're going to die now. And then they don't feel anything. They're like, oh, I guess not. Oh, well.
1: Yeah. The, you, <laughs> also, you figure if it was the sun, it wouldn't just kind of just show up out of nowhere. It would Yeah, rise. true. <laughs> that too.
0: Rise up, rise up. I imagine death so much it feels more like a memory. Oh, and also before they leave, we got to have our little arc with Max and the bullies. Oh, yeah. The bullies are like, get us out of here, man. Come on, Hollywood. They're still hanging in the fucking cages overhead. And Max just sees his shoes on ice dangling out of the thing. And he grabs them and runs. (laughs) He's like, I got my shoes, at least.
1: Leaving ice and Jay to To die.
0: (laughs) I mean, as far as they know, I guess. I don't know.
1: No snoochie boochies, man.
0: But um, so the kids escape. They actually go into the cemetery. Because they figure we'll just chill here till sunrise and we'll protect Danny and they'll disappear at sunrise and we'll be fine.
1: Yeah, but the witches who have all these kids now who are approaching their cabin.
0: Yes, once they realize that it's not actually sunlight and they're fine, they look over at the cauldron and they see that there's a little bit of potion still left. Just enough for one child. So they figure... They can take one of these many, many children that have come to the cottage and take them and take their soul, right? No, no. That would be intelligent. No. But Winifred wants to go after Danny because Danny, get this, called her ugly. Yep. So she wants to go after this eight year old child because she called her ugly. Vengeance. Mind you, she's a witch. So, like, I'm sure she's been called ugly before. Not only that, if you kill one of these kids, take their life force. You now have all the time in the world to go get Danny. So the kids get to the cemetery, but they run into Billy again. And Max pushes the girls off and tells them to run. And he ends up threatening Billy with a knife. He's like holding a little pocket knife on him as he's doing that Winifred shows up at the gate of the cemetery and he's like Billy forget the boy go after Danny the child I want the child and as Winifred's doing all this Billy has grabbed Max and instead of like hurting him he just grabs the knife out of Max's hand and cuts his mouth open and the second he cuts his mouth open, he goes off, sis.
1: You buck-toothed, mop firefly from oh. hell! Ah! I've waited centuries to say that.
0: Yeah, Winifred's like, ah, you son of a bitch, damn you! And she flies away. And Max and Billy go off to find the girls and help protect Danny. So they put Danny in... Billy's open grave and they surround the open grave with salt when the witches do come basically to try and like lure them out and like scare them and intimidate them because again they can't really hurt hurt them because they're on hallowed ground Max and Allison are fighting them off Winifred goes directly for Danny and kicks off Billy's head off of his shoulders
1: which Okay, the hallowed ground thing. They're clearly attacking them.
0: Yes, it, it's it's very vague.
1: I think the idea is more they can't, you, you can't step.
0: Kill, you can't kill them.
1: No, I think if they could kill them. I don't think they can step in there. So I don't know. This hallowed ground thing is bullshit.
0: It is a little murky and gray, but it's fine. It's fine. So... <laughs> Winifred knocks Billy's head off and Danny like an idiot gets out of the fucking safe grave which is a weird two words to put together but I digress she gets out of the grave to go help Billy find his head which listen he doesn't fucking need it he's a zombie he can live without his head for five minutes like just relax but no she gets out of the grave and helps Billy get his head back on and while she's out of the safety of the salt circle Winifred grabs her and lifts her up into the air and then this is where shit gets real like intense bro this this is the moment oh yeah this is the time
1: this is the place
0: (laughs) Winifred has Danny on her broom and she's trying to force feed her the potion Binks comes in, jumps off of a tree branch onto Winifred's broomstick and knocks the potion out of her hand. Winifred ends up tossing fucking Binks like a rag doll and knocking him out. Max ends up catching the bottle of potion and they're at a standoff. Max is like, let her go or I'll smash it. And Winifred said, smash it and she dies. So Max is standing there and he doesn't really know what to do. And it's like, I felt it, and I knew it was going to happen. I felt the intensity, okay? You might not have felt it, Scott, but I felt it. I felt it in my bones. I felt it in my heart. He uncorks the potion, and he drinks it. And it's like, oh, he's sacrificing himself for his little sister. It's a fucking powerful moment, okay? I see you eyeing me. Leave me alone. <laughs> Let me have this. Okay,
1: <laughs> I'm gonna take it from you. I'm gonna reach into your mind okay, and pull sh- out the memory of this. Will you
0: shut up? Okay. <laughs> you didn't feel anything in this moment.
1: No, like I felt, like I felt it, but I'm not like. It's fine. Uh, like it's,
0: it's. You didn't feel the self-sacrifice, like the heartstrings pulling? No? No, not really. You have no soul. Anyway. Thanks, dear. You're welcome. Anywho, so Max has drank the potion. Winifred ends up throwing Danny off the broom and grabbing Max, and she's starting to suck out his life force. But Max is fighting her, too. And we notice, as this is happening slowly but surely, the sun is beginning to rise. So, they just have to make it through, like, a, like another minute. Like, they gotta get through this minute, and then it's over. So, he eventually knocks her off of the broom onto the ground in the cemetery. Yes,
1: the, uh, the other people deal with Mary and Sarah.
0: Yes, and she's she sucked a little bit of his life for us. I'm sure, you know, I mean, I don't know, we don't see Max... years from now, but I'm sure it cut off a little bit of his...
1: Yeah, Max lost like a year.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but um, eventually, the sun rises completely. Mary and Sarah both just disintegrate to dust. However, Winifred first turns into a stone statue, and then poofs into dust, which... I didn't really fully get why that was as a kid.
1: I still don't get it.
0: But supposedly, I looked it up on Wikipedia. Supposedly, it's because she had her feet planted on hallowed ground. And that was why she turned into a stone statue first and then disintegrated. I don't know. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But it doesn't have to, Scott. You know why? Because it's a fucking kids movie. And it's hocus fucking pocus. And I put a spell on you and I loved it. So... Now, um, the day is saved. We have Max and Danny have their little moment. And it's very cute. I love you. You saved my life. I would do anything for you. You're my sister. It's very cute. Mm-hmm. And um, so then we kind of get our wrap up. Billy goes back into his grave. They're looking for Banks. And he's still laying on the ground and they're like oh he's he's dead why isn't he waking up why isn't he waking up and then you see Binks' his ghost his human form Sean Murray and he thanks all of them for helping to destroy the sanderson sisters and now that they're dead his soul has been set free and he can move on to the next plane of life he sees his sister and is reunited with her and it's a sweet fucking moment and they they walk off through the gates of the cemetery into fucking heaven it's great okay it's a moment and it makes me
1: teary also of course she's like where were you all this time he goes i had the way Three hundred years for a virgin to light a candle. Ah. Yep, that's
0: <laughs> that's the movie. <laughs> 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 yeah, and that's our movie. We have a mid credits scene where all the parents that were in the t- town hall party are returning home oblivious to the fact that they were bewitched, they just think they had like a rockin' party. Also Jay and Ice still chilling in their cages. They're, like, singing, bro, bro, row your boat. <laughs> like, just, you know, just chilling up there.
1: And then the Necronomicon's eye
0: opens. Yeah, he, like, pans over to the spell book and the eye opens. And you're like, ooh, is it really the end of the Sanderson sisters? I guess not, because they're making another movie.
1: And in the next <laughs> movie, we're going to cut to immediately where Ice and Jay are dead in the cages.
0: <laughs> they go, the, the sisters come back to the cottage and in the little, like, human-sized bird cages up top, there's just these skeletons dangling.
1: (laughs) Yeah, one has a hat. Oh, and one
0: has just socks on and no shoes. (laughs) That would be fun. So that was Hocus Pocus. Hokey Pokey. Scott? Yes? What did you think of Hokey Pokey?
1: Uh, I I turned it all about, and that's what it was all about. Um... It was it was again it's a cute kids movie it's 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 a dumb fun movie I can see why a lot of people love it I can see like why it's become a Halloween staple because while it has got some dark moments it is abundantly cheesy uh it definitely has some cheddar evolved into it
0: oh yes some might say it is overshadowed by the leaning tower of Cheez-a.
1: yes definitely the leaning tower of Cheez-a.
0: Yeah, I I really love this movie. I agree with everything you said, but I think the nostalgic heartstrings of it really still get me. But I, I, I don't know. I think even without that, I'd still really like it. Because I think, yes, it's corny and cheesy and whatever, but there's also, like, there's genuinely funny moments in it. There is. That even as an adult, I still find funny. Yeah. Um... There's a fucking Bette Midler musical number. Can't yeah. go wrong there, and there is some real heart to it. And like the the cast is really good. I think in it.
1: Yeah, the cast is really good. Again, like there's a lot of good in here. There's also a lot of cheese in here. And a yes, lot.
0: but cheese isn't necessarily a bad thing. No, it's not. But there's there's some
1: there's some bad cheese in if, there too. If you
0: can acknowledge the cheese and the time period in which the cheese was fermented and you can appreciate the cheese for what it is, then you can appreciate the film. Yeah. I,
1: again, I think I like the sisters more than I like our protagonist.
0: They're, they're all
1: fine. It's just, yeah. I think they I think, all did a good job. I think the sisters stole the show and that's why this movie is. Yeah. True. The movie it is.
0: Absolutely. I would agree with that. So, Without further ado Scott What is your rating of hokey pokey
1: I'm Probably gonna end up Rounding up To a 3.5 Again It's got some moments it's a good Kids movie I could see us showing Our kids it someday
0: Oh for sure yeah I'm actually surprised cause I also have it As a 3.5 <laughs> Like
1: I, I'm probably at a
0: 3.25 Honestly I'm at a solid three and a half. This is just fun. But yeah, I would highly recommend this movie. If by some miracle you haven't seen it, I would recommend watching it one of the million times it's going to be on Disney Channel this October. Yeah. it's It's just a fun watch. It's, you know, you can just kind of, you can ease into the holiday spirit with this movie. Yeah. It's not too heavy and scary, but it's, fun and it's got spooky fall vibes
1: maybe watch in July see how you see how how it holds up
0: then. (sighs) just the logic of that doesn't make sense (laughs) but I, I think it's good that Hocus Pocus kind of found its life later on like so many other movies have I mean we've talked about it multiple times that like a lot of movies that maybe don't make a great deal of money when they first come out find a second life in syndication or just from word of mouth or whatever so next week... Oh, yeah. Next week, we're going in another direction. <laughs> next week, we
1: go into a real horror classic.
0: Yes. Yeah, Scott is going to show me something that... If you if you listen to this episode and you gasped when you found out that Scott never saw Hocus Pocus, you're going to really gasp next week when you find out this movie that I haven't seen.
1: <laughs> oh, we're getting in deep next week.
0: Yeah. But uh, until then... This has been Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm
1: Scott Eisenberg.
0: Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick. And check out our weekly episodes every single Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast. And make sure you come back next week for our spoopy, scary movie adventure.
1: I put the spell on you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and now you're mine. I say it's a pie, I'll baby, up and die. I say it's a pie, up for
1: midi, up and die. It's coming for it.